Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot Z A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 134 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott joining you on Oilers Now. Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin, where cars cost less. In Wetaskiwin, focused on your health and a peace of mind. Now that the world is finding its new normal, Brent Ridge Ford clearing out some of their brand new 2019 Super Duties to make room for the 2021s in the fall. Discounts up to 18K on 2019 F350s. Uh, there's just a few left in the lot, so hurry on down if you're checking out a 2019 Super Duty. You can give Uncle Mel, Rich, Johnny, and the gang a call at 1-877-477-3673 or visit BrentRidge.com. Without further ado, uh, we go back onto the River Creek Resort Casino hotline, and we welcome Reed Wilkins for the wacky, wild, and wonderful world of Reed Wilkins. How you doing, Reed? Bob, just a bit of a query here off the top. If it's Champions Week, what the heck am I doing on the show? I well, have like you know, zero championship rings to my credit. Yeah, uh, well, I have six. Six in 13 years. I did 13 years of play-by-play, and the Golden Bears won six, and it was all because of me. No, it wasn't. I had absolutely <laughs> nothing to do with it. I was just along for the ride. Uh, so, so, and, and by the way, uh, they won six titles in the 13 years that I did the Bears, and their three best teams, you know, probably didn't win. So that tells you kind of how that tournament works, uh, single uh, elimination tournament. All right, so part of the reason why we want to have you, Reed, you provide us a little bit of uh, – a different perspective like uh, obviously you were a huge part of Oilers now for a number of years you're, you're on to bigger and better things in your own world and inside sport uh i you know compared to me you're kind of a renaissance man you know you're into comic books uh my my son said to me i wish reed was my dad uh, oh he didn't was, say that well he was quite interested that you were into superheroes and that sort of thing uh one question i have so so here's what's happened here reed you know how much of a hardcore sports junkie i am you yeah. know that. And I'm, I mean, I'm as all in as you can be. Uh, I didn't even know how Netflix worked before this pause took place, okay? I did not understand how Netflix worked. 
now I've gotten I'm probably about eight to ten different series in. I'm watching Money Heist right now. That's the uh, very I will say very interesting storyline that uh, it's a, a Spanish uh, produced uh, series that's been critically acclaimed off uh, out of Europe and one of the most watched uh, shows on Europe. What does Reed Wilkins do in this situation? You got an hour a day instead of two hours because uh, we yeah. carry the global news hour. What, what do you do, like, to sort of keep yourself busy during this stretch? Uh, well, a few a few things. I guess. I mean, some days work wise have have actually still been quite busy, and a lot of it has been doing interviews and writing about events that aren't happening. And about three weeks ago, there were a ton of local events that were canceled, triathlon, marathon, all that kind of stuff. So work-wise, you just try to stay up to date, talk to people, you know, sometimes just a casual call, just someone you know in in the sport, see what they're thinking, what vibe they're getting. Uh, for free time type of stuff, yeah, definitely have been catching up on some movies. Uh, a lot of the best picture nominees from the last couple of years that I haven't seen. Uh, I watched The Two Popes on Netflix with my dad on Saturday night. Bob, that's the uh, one with uh, Hopkins and Price playing the yeah, last I, two popes. Very, yeah. ex, ex, very good acting, based on a play, so it's so it's pretty talky. Uh, but science fiction series, about three weeks ago, I rattled off in, in four days an eight-part series called Devs that was on FX. Uh, that was If you're into science fiction and you like the movie Ex Machina, same director, same writer, and it, it was really good. So I did that. I've uh, read a couple books. I'm finally reading Curtis Joseph's book that I've had on the shelf for probably a year and a half. So uh, getting to that, read a science fiction book, read a mystery book. I'm I, Bob, I'm never really bored. Like I, I like my job, and I find my job interesting, and I like the process of putting the show together. But I also have you know books or games or DVDs on the shelf or stuff on Netflix where I always think, okay, I got an hour or two here. What should I do instead of just kind of lying around and not being productive? So that's kind of how I've been approaching this. Yeah, I like hiding in the uh, in the bonus room at the uh, humble staffer boat and uh, you know, kind of checking some stuff out. A lot of uh, you know, World War II history stuff that's on Netflix. There's also a fair amount of you know, Trial by Media is one of the series that's out there. There's another one on Dirty Money. Uh, one that was on Donald Trump and one that was on Jared Kushner that was, you know, I, I didn't realize that Donald Trump, you know, has been sued over 3,500 times. Like, that's, that's <laughs> to, to me, that's a lot of times. Seems low to me. <laughs> yeah, well, I was, you know, I mean, it, it, you know, anyways, it's pretty educational. And the other one talked just about the impact of media and how media has moved and got into, uh, uh, I watched a documentary the other night. Uh, that started talking about Hulk Hogan and what went on with him with Gawker and then who actually paid uh, to support Hogan suing Gawker. And it turned out to be a guy named Peter Thiel. And uh, Peter Thiel was one of the first major capitalists in the United States to support Donald Trump. And he has, Peter Thiel has uh, one of the most brilliant guys out there, Eric Weinstein, uh, who's sort of part of the intellectual dark web uh, that has a little bit different perspectives on life and has got a huge following in the United States right now. It's it's pretty cool, just the whole relation of how maybe media has changed a bit. And I'm going to parlay that into read what we do, sort of. We're watching this whole story unfold, and fans do have different perspectives like what percentage of the listeners via the text line on the Ashley Fine Floors text line 7804960063 what percentage of your callers or texters 
basically think the NHL should just throw up the white flag and end the season? It'd be tough for me to put a percentage on it, but I would say it would be far below half. Um, but I mean, like we host sports shows, right, Bob? So I would think the majority yes. of the listeners want sports. And I, and I don't think people have blinders on to what's happening in, in the world, but they like sports, they miss sports, and they would like to see competition and, and, and have a distraction from all the all the bad stuff that's happening in the world and all this, this sickness and difficulty. So I, I would say still, you know, if you're asking me black or white like that, I, I would say it's it's far below half the people that I've interacted with just want sports to go away and not worry about it. But there's a lot of varying degrees within there and a lot of caveats and a lot of people saying, well, if, if we could do this. And, I mean, here's, here's a perfect example, and, and you've talked about it a lot. I talked about it a lot last week. Every, okay, great. We're, we're looking at having teams come back. Well, now we hear this 2014 format, and I will say this, most people hate that right. <laughs> because you're letting teams have a chance at the Stanley Cup that really wouldn't have had a chance if, if you'd completed an 82-game regular season. It, it, there are a lot of opinions out there. I, I think that when it comes to looking at a restart and, and how it should be done, there there are so many degrees and, and different ways that you can look at doing it. I, I think the NHL, for the most part, has handled this very well from a PR perspective. They have not rushed anything. They have always said they have, they have always said public safety is is first and foremost. It's in the document that's online now that says that there will not be any players tested at the expense of public being tested or, or or people in the health field being tested or anything like that but 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 i think you look most i think most people would like to see the season finished even if it's going to be under different circumstances as long as it's done safely yeah is the league's position of being inclusive of chicago uh the new york rangers and the montreal Canadiens? is that defensible given what those markets mean i mean those are three of the the league basically has 10 or 11 organizations that contribute to revenue sharing. Those are three of the top six most years. Uh, and there's some regional TV money that those organizations theoretically would not have to give back if, you know, they ended up being involved in a playoff. Is that a p- d- defensible position given that this is such a unique circumstance that what might seem as fair in most years is thrown out the window because of the challenge that we're dealing with right now with the COVID-19 pandemic. It's only defensible from a financial position, Bob. And, and I mean, look, a lot of this even trying to restart comes from the fact that they, they want to still be able to have as much revenue as possible. Yeah, I mean, you were talking about what's the high-end number you said, 1.4, and it's probably yeah. at least $1 billion. So, yeah. so in that range, it, it, so it's only defensible from that standpoint from a competition standpoint it is 100 percent indefensible like I, I somebody try and tell me that chicago or montreal should have a chance at the stanley cup i mean montreal could have gone whatever 10 and 0 or 11 and 0 the rest of the season and still miss the playoffs if you'd finish the season and now you're going to give them uh, a five-game shot with Carey Price and Net, everybody coming back cold, probably games that look like preseason games in terms of execution and scrambliness, and you're going to give them a shot to maybe knock out Pittsburgh. That has, has a much better season. So from a, a competition standpoint, I, I just think it's indefensible. 20 teams, fine. You know, teams that were percentage points out of the playoffs, two or three points out that would have still had a chance to get in. 
fine. Put them in a mini round to be in the wild card spot. Other than that, I can't, I, you know, from a competition standpoint, no way is it defensible. Well, I know that uh, Michael Parcati, who's, uh, and I've met him a couple times, he's a, a really smart guy. He he put a tweet out when all this was, was, was sort of going down and talked about, you know, the ranges and the perspectives and why things weren't fair and, and all that kind of, uh, you know. So, and, and the Oilers basically went from like 95% uh, chance to making it into the 16-team playoffs. Uh, Reed, Reed, you got to tell uh, whoever's calling you there on your, your, your busy personal schedule. I know. you got a, a few more minutes. Sorry about that. The, 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 the Oilers are down to 60%. So we can always look at things through our own, you know, centric perspective. I, I, you know, and I, I, I think there's some justification because it took away, Reed, this 2014 format. It took away from the importance of the, you know, the work that had already taken place this season and the divisional nature and structure of how the NHL regularly works. Well, here's another thing, Bob. If, if they want to have teams 5 through 12 play down to get in, why not have a round robin where the team in fifth place already starts with seven points? And then the next team starts with six, five, four, down to Chicago would be starting with zero. And then you could let the top four teams out of that tournament be seeds five through eight, but you give the higher-seeded teams some sort of an advantage. I mean, the NHL is going to have to think outside the box and do something different to to finish this season anyway. And then that, and that way, you're bringing every team back to play. Okay, you're all going to play seven games. It, it's, some teams not going to be there for five days and get swept and go home anyway. Like make it worth everybody's time to get there, but make it more difficult. Like in this situation, there should be a, a handicap placed on the teams that have been that far over the postseason. I, I, I really believe that if you're going to let 12 teams in. All right, so just to read you, I want to give credit where uh, credit's due, and Park Addy tweeted out, uh, they've got a bizarre cutoff point. The orders go from 95 to 60%, whereas Dallas goes from 95 to 100%. They are separated by the thinnest of lines, uh, and the orders have actually got a superior goal differential. And what's most insane about the 2014 suggested format is that it normally impacts a few select teams. Montreal and Chicago go from, like, less than 1% chance of making the playoffs... Uh, that's back envelope this to 40% while the orders drop from 95 to 60. And again, in large part because of TV. Reed, do you think this is going to happen? Do you, like, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm on here every day and I'm up to 60 40. Uh, John Shannon, by the way, is only at 40 60, but I'm, uh, I'm at, I'm at 60 40. Do you think this is going to come to fruition? It's tough for me to put a percentage on it because my mind changes a lot throughout the day. It, but I think it's far more likely than it was three or four weeks ago. I, I, I'm far more optimistic than I was a month ago. And I think because, I mean, the NHL is still being patient. They haven't put any firm dates on anything. They haven't picked the hub cities. So they're still allowing themselves to wait and see how the, the COVID numbers are in, in different cities around the Canada and the States. And then if they, you know, they pick those cities. I mean, look, in Edmonton here, this is going to be a big week for us, right? Because because two weeks, it's two weeks Thursday since phase one started, right? So if our numbers stay low or continue decreasing, even in the wake of, of some opening up, that's really positive for Edmonton. But if we start seeing some jumps, 
then the NHL is going to say, okay, we got to keep other cities in mind. I, I, I think they're going to figure out a way to do it because the finances are so significant and they're clearly willing to play into the fall, right? So I think because they're willing to wait as long as possible and maybe sacrifice a little bit of next year, that that I that I'm now probably more than fifty percent that the season will get finished in some way. You said your mind changes, you know, throughout the course of the day. My experience with you, Reed, is that your mind changes often during the course of a minute. Oh, thanks, buddy. I'm I'm, I'm there for you. <laughs> uh, your your friend Lars uh, reaches out and has jumped on the train via Twitter. Uh, by the way, how much are you going to miss not being a part of the fringe this year? Yeah, that'll be that'll be weird. That's a, that's a fun event, and it's kind of kind of the last blast of summer usually for me. So that's gonna that's gonna be weird not having a fringe. That's uh, that's a really fun event. Well, you'll have to make your own personal fringe. How does that sound? I could maybe I'll just stream some content online, do some one man shows. <laughs> <laughs> he left that one wide open. Uh, what do you got coming up tonight on Inside Sports? We will uh, talk a little bit more about the latest today's shell developments, and a Darius Bowman is going to check in tonight. Great stuff. Thanks for your time, Reed. See ya. 150 in Edmonton. We'll take a quick timeout, get back to this day in Oilers history. Hi, this is Zach Cassian from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. Zach Cassian. Well, wonder if we'll get a chance to see a resumption of the NHL season, albeit just playoffs. It is 153 at Edmonton. A reminder, Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. And now, Royal Pizza is offering curbside pickup and takeout options for the menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations. Go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. To this day in Oilers history. And back at the 630 Chad Studios is Brendan Escott. Well, I saw this was all over your Twitter account, Bob. Back in 1985, in Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Finals, Wayne Gretzky scores a first-period hat trick and then adds a helper. Paul Coffey had four assists of his own en route to a 4-3 win over Philadelphia at Northlands. Winners built up a 4-1 lead. It was 3-1 after one on the Gretzky hat trick. Uh, Wayne would have seven hat tricks as an oiler in the playoffs. Um, here's an interesting one for you. He had one with the LA Kings against the Maple Leafs as uh, that closed out the Leafs uh, series against Toronto, uh, against LA back in, I guess that would have been 93. Little known fact, Wayne Gretzky had more playoff hat-tricks with the New York Rangers than he did regular season hat-tricks. He had two in one playoff year. Uh, I'm thinking that was either 96 or 97. Reed welcomes again tonight on Inside Sports 7 to 8. We will have uh, the Global News Hour 6 to 7 tomorrow. Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. And we continue our Champions Week with the Oilers netminder, Grant Fear, who uh, was huge. Uh, he was technically, because he got hurt in the 84 playoffs, but 85, 87, 88. He was the guy in between the pipes. Up next, a global news weather traffic update with Carrie McCarthy, followed by the 6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen I. So long, everybody, from Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad.